The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. traveling around the world um, at a variety of different industry shows in the uh, technology world, including CES Asia, where I was in Shanghai and Singapore for a couple of days. So it's great to be back talking to you. And I can't think of a better person um, to come back from a few weeks off than my guest today, Anne Greenberg, who I'm calling the immersive storyteller. And Anne's going to fill us in on um, why I dubbed her that. But um, Anne is a longtime entrepreneur and inventor who has really spent most of her career focused on that interchange between storytelling, data, and collaboration um, with a variety of folks in the storytelling business on the tech side, on the creative side, and on the, te- um, on the data side. And so, Anne, I'm going to let you describe your world because um, you really are one of the, the smartest people I know. And uh, every time I talk to you, my brain goes, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Anne Greenberg. Let's have a big tech cat welcome. Woohoo! <laughs> That's quite an intro. Um, you know, I, I'm just somebody who uh, believes that uh, stories need to reflect our culture. And, um, you know, very early on, I could see that the culture was shifting in a way that I didn't even quite understand myself. Um, you know, I think that we're actually living uh, or have lived in the ni- 1900s um, through the death of the Renaissance uh, to uh, coming out the other end, which would be uh, multi-point perspective or what I dubbed omnidirectional storytelling uh, back in the early 90s when I started my first tech company and left the film industry. Uh, but I would say that, um, you know, ever since I was a teenager, I've been pursuing what I call democratic cinema. Uh, I named it that, and I didn't even know what that exactly meant at the time. It was really um, kind of pre-verbal, and, uh, you know, it was just a vision in my head, and I kept moving toward it. So I studied architecture and film uh, and the combination of the two and all sorts of strange things that I was trying to do in terms of automating storytelling. And I, I guess I'm still working on the same, uh, uh, the same paradigm today. Well, can you give us a little background? I know you were involved with with um, founding GraceNote, and some people may or may not have heard of GraceNote, but really they are the leading entertainment data and technology company, and almost any data that you receive now from, well, it used to be CDs, and now any sort of music file um, and content in general, that metadata, that information about what you're watching, GraceNote plays a big role in that. So can you tell us, uh, you know, sort of your background around GraceNote? Because I think that'll set the stage for all the groovalicious stuff that you're up to. 
Sure. Um, and in fact, I think it's um, helpful if you want to look at Grace Notes Roots. It really started at uh, my first company, Ion, uh, which was actually founded in Los Angeles um, and uh, in the early 90s. And I founded it as a studio of the future for omnidirectional, interactive, and immersive entertainment <laughs> to do co-creation. It was like a huge kind of vision. Uh, but we got pigeonholed in the music space very early because the first product that we shipped was an interactive cinema system for David Bowie. Uh, in oh, some that's ways, so cool. yeah. Uh, but it's really funny because we never actually created music. We created everything around the music, um, so the interactivity, and we were doing pretty um, cutting. We were doing the most, I would say, cutting edge work in that area, and invented enhanced CDs at that company. Uh, but when Ion did an enhanced CD, it was like a fully immersive, interactive world for every song on the disc, which was really hard to do in those days. Oh my god, tiny, yeah, a tiny piece of unused portion on an audio CD. Um, but uh, really what led to Grace Note was, um, so we were pushing, I mean, we, we actually had artists come in and, you know, take, uh, take offices in that studio. Um, and we were, we were funded as a publisher, but we were quickly becoming a tech company uh, because other people wanted to use our technical tools that we were developing in-house to be able to create similar experiences. Um, and what happened was, uh, you know, we ended up... Um, uh, figuring out that we could virtualize the enhanced CD. And this, so, you know, for years we were spending all this time trying to press all this, you know, interactivity and multimedia, you know, think missed on an audio CD <laughs> uh, onto the actual disc. And that created a new format, which was called um, a blue book format, which we work with Sony Phillips, uh, the RAA, Apple, and uh, Microsoft to, to create a standard around. But it, there were real problems in that because we were um, actually pressing all this tech onto an audio CD. And, oh, by the way, if you tried to play one of those discs today, you would get, you know, QuickTime 2.0 installed into your computer. Uh, they're not runnable. And so we had this problem of, in the tech world needing to keep things updated and, uh, and moving them forward. And in, you know, in the fixed media space, you know, you'd ship something and that was it. Uh, so what happened was we figured out that we could virtualize the enhanced CD, and that meant putting all the multimedia and uh, and technology, and you know, essentially on a server. Uh, and once we could uniquely identify the disc playing in the drive, and then resynchronizing that gave the same experience for a user. Now, when we set out to do Grace Note. Uh, uh, you know, from my view, anyhow, it wasn't about creating a music company. It was never a music company. We claimed DVD as a brand new, when it was a brand new specification that I on the underlying IP. Uh, but it was about creating something in my mind, which was more like what uh, Phil Rostall did with Second Life. I wanted to have, you know, this really rich media experience where people were interacting with musicians and chatting uh, on top of the uh, music playback, et cetera. Uh, in immersive environments and uh, you know it was just so early that it was too early and so we ended up solving this critical um, component in uh, the transition from analog to digital uh, which was to provide the metadata which was the album artist and song information now from my view the metadata was just something to enable all of these cooler experiences uh, but you know you, well, know. you you laid basically laid the groundwork for the entire metadata experience by accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, it, the, the benefit was, you know, in some ways we architected for something else, which was, 
which allowed us to scale in a sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, and then and then people knew it as a as a music company, but it was never a music company, not from the beginning. And now, of course, they're uh, doing uh, movies, television, and sports data as well. Right, and I don't even think people realize, uh, certainly not the consumers realize how important that data is. And as we move, continue to move to multiple screens and multiple platforms, that discovery piece is going to be completely driven by that data. So you're, you're really responsible for, you know, almost the future of discovery in a way. I hope you don't feel that burden. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, not, not just me. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, many people. I think one of the most interesting um, parts about what I was trying to do was uh, to do collaborative models. Um, and this was early. This is like in the mid-90s. So uh, when I was funding GraceNote, investors would ask me, what's your business model? And I would say C to B to B to C. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. would say, what? <laughs> What's that? I feel, I feel like everything is B to C to C to B really now. But yeah. one thing that you keep saying that I think is really interesting is this idea of um, omnidirectional. So can you explain what that is? Because I think that's sort of the core of all storytelling now. Um, but I'd love to hear you, you define it. <laughs> Uh, okay, so for me, this gets a little bit esoteric, of course, um, but we ended up with a very, you know, let's call movies sort of the dominant uh, storytelling paradigm of, um, of the last century. Uh, that's a very linear format, right? And it's a construct. It's not, it, it didn't have to go that way, right? Uh, but uh, it's what our technology could do at the time, and it's really matched what was happening intellectually uh, and culturally uh, through that century. But, you know, is a story told in one direction? Is that really what time is? <laughs> right, right. You know, or, you know, is that really how quantum physicists are looking at time right now and what's a better way to model that so for me uh you know you can play around with a linear format through flashbacks and, and other techniques and we can talk about you know even the the experimentalists and the uh and the feminist filmmakers in the 70s who were working on a circular storytelling which i really think um uh, foreshadowed uh, VR and circular, what you know, what I call circular storytelling, but it's like that. And so, if you think about omnidirectional, it's not just um, circular storytelling, all of the feminists in the '70s, but it really is uh, about capturing story outside of uh, that linearity that uh, became so dominant through the last century. Uh, it's so interesting, and it is really true that, uh, and we'll get into a bit of virtual reality uh, towards the end of our conversation with Anne, because she's also got her fingers there, um, and VR, certainly in Hollywood, in our community right now, is is the, the hot, extremely hyped topic, but, you know, a lot of what you're doing is sort of connecting all of these different technologies and concepts and storytelling together um, and you have a new new company that you're going to be sharing with us in a moment when we come back from our break but um, you know I think it's it's just so interesting that also the, you know a lot of the conversations we're having in our world right now are, are about women in tech and you've sort of been a woman in tech before there was even that expression woman in tech <laughs> Well, women have always been in tech, and so again, we have a, a, a fall down on storytelling, but we can come back to that. 
Yeah, it's 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 really it's it's really so true. I mean, yeah, my entire career, which you know, that number is getting longer, the amount of years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've always been female, and I've always been working in tech. But when we come back, we're going to hear about um, your one of your new companies that, that hasn't quite launched yet, called Scene Play, which really puts together a lot of these different pieces and helps wind together a lot of the things that you've been looking at. Um, you know, with with Grace Notice, sort of, you know, one end of it. So when we come back with the fabulous Anne Greenberg, who, again, is just this, you know, tremendous brain on on all things with data and storytelling, we're going to learn more about where Anne is taking all this in a moment when we come back on the Tech Cat Show. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. If you are a small business owner or entrepreneur, you may not be aware of the different options available to you in securing business capital in today's market. We discuss and explore these options each week on Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. There are two primary ways of building business capital. Profits, which are basically higher revenue and reduced expenses, and external or debt capital. Listen live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. If you want to learn how to be a better leader, increase your level of business performance, and motivate your team and organization more effectively, listen for Performing at Your Best, Mindset Evolution with Luis Vicente Garcia. Luis Vicente and his guests will share their expertise and enthusiasm in helping you to succeed. It's combining that drive with business skills that will do just that. Tune in live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, hello everybody. We are back with the fabulous Anne Greenberg, the immersive storyteller. And Anne, um, we were just talking a little bit about um, Anne's background in Grace Note and in sort of leveraging metadata, um, which has turned into this whole other um, 
sort of solution um, that that you weren't necessarily aiming for. But now you have a new focus around a company that's going to be launching soon um, called Scene Play. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, well, it's still early. We're not launched, um, but I'll tell you what I what uh, I'm happy to make public right now. And um, Simplay is a way to automate the creation, um, or more specifically, the co-creation of scripted media. Uh, it's a platform that enables what I call full-stack storytelling. So creators can tell stories dynamically along with their audience. Um, we put the creator at the center at Simplay. Uh, and they can invite the audience to participate in various aspects of the production or the performance uh, in an automated way. I think that's key. Um, but um, the other thing is that uh, it's also very disruptive in the sense that anyone can be a creator. Ooh, what do you, and what do you mean about that? That's interesting. Well, you know, uh, the system is designed to say, uh, you know, it's it built on a, um, what I call a smart script. And the smart script uh, is uh, a way to make scripts both machine readable and human readable. And once it's uh, machine readable, you can uh, do all sorts of things to defeat time and distance, <laughs> right? So that you can virtual production. Uh, but you think about where we are um, in terms of uh, technology's create uh, the, the, the state of technology. We're really talking about point-to-point systems, and so uh, that does is it says um, you know all middlemen basically are in trouble in this century. <laughs> so we're really <laughs> right. talking about flattening marketplaces and and allowing creators and and. Uh, and their um, audience, or, you know, I love the, the term, you know, the, the group formerly known as the audience, uh, because, um, you know, everybody can be creative. It doesn't mean that everybody is as creative as the next person or as a storyteller as the next person. Uh, but really the power of technology puts the means for that into people's hands uh, in, in a very democratic way. So when when you talk about this, um, uh, and you you said the the full stack, can you can you sort of take take me through what this experience would be? You have someone who who has a script, say it's a feature film script, um, and they they put it into your system and it virtualizes the data. Uh, well, it takes uh, that structured language and turns it into code, so that the machine can re- can run an end to end system. Uh, when I say full-stack storytelling, what I mean is that, you know, um, what we used to have huge production companies and distribution processes to handle starts with an idea, an idea and then goes into development and then pre-production and then production and then distribution. Um, you know, it actually kind of, it's, it's a full loop. So you might be able to actually control that in a much tighter way um, end-to-end if you're an originating creator or uh, group of creators, and so what? What I I didn't set out to do that per se, um, but I was solved this other little problem, and I kind of backed up in that. And uh, you know, so uh, I'm building a platform, but there are multiple uh, products that can be built on top of that platform. Some of which we'll build uh, out ourselves. And some of which are, are already existing potentially or will get ignited by what you're doing? Um, well, they can't exist until the platform's built. <laughs> so, <laughs> until it's launched, uh, that can't happen. But um, 
uh, uh, to say, uh, I think it's important that we build out the first piece ourselves uh, so that we can really, uh, like a living laboratory, articulate what it looks like and um, you know there's analog experiences I think are you know, getting close to what I feel are you know really exciting kind of uh, paradigms I think um, Joseph Gordon Lott's hit record for instance uh, you know which is a, it's a community production company uh, that's basically enabled by uh, in, uh, internet um, is uh, a very cool, more analog version of I would to be building what we're what we're aiming for. And do you do you see this as being something where, say, I write a script and I put it into your platform, and then other people jump on to contribute to it, or is it more that it will help me make the script, like actually get it produced? Um, so what I'm building right now is a platform which is sort of a 16th in scale model of what can be used in uh, the larger professional uh, entertainment uh, business. Uh, but, you know, what's happening over there is that it is also getting uh, go undergoing tremendous change. And pretty soon you can't tell the difference, uh, you know, all, you know, with total respect to the to the great storytellers of our time who are doing very large productions, which I love, right? Uh, with respect to them, they have a big downward pressure um, on their budgets and an upward pressure on um, how these things need to be distributed. And uh, their audience is really shifted in where they're consuming um, uh, their content. And so I think you're getting... You know, at a, at a place where you, uh, very small startups and very large existing uh, entertainment companies um, on, on, a, on a trajectory to kind of hit the same place. Uh, so it's very disruptive. And uh, what I would say is that um, this kind of system can be very helpful to larger entertainment companies who want to experiment and to reach out and engage the audience in a very, very deeply participatory way. So that'll probably happen in the marketing departments to start. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where they'll start to see um, some of these stories, what I call sort of disintegrate and then reassemble. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I know we've been, we, we mentioned virtual reality earlier and, and so much of what you talk about spills into that. Is that because you were mentioning before this circular idea that VR sort of breaks all the walls down um, and does, you know, you are participating in the story in virtual reality? Yeah, and it's, and it's funny because um, with Seamplay for a long time I'd said, you know, that the user go inside of the content that they love, right? Right, right. And, and you know, and, and it's funny because I, uh, you know, I mean, we were doing, we built, you know, VR engines at, at, at ION, you know, to do these, um, these interactive systems on top of music playback, you know, 20 years ago. So I've been through a number of different uh, VR hype cycles, I'll call them, but they're not really hype cycles. They're really experimentations. And so, you know, we had to get to a different place um, in terms of the, the power of the technology and really the processing power in order to be able to realize all the things so many people were sketching out in the early 90s and before. So, uh, yeah, the answer is you can use this kind of system for, uh, for VR. Uh, and 
the, and perspective is incredibly important, right? So uh, I call it omnidirectional, but you can also call it multi-perspective, right? Right. These trends. And so, um, you know, w- what's interesting to me is stories that actually show characters, multiple characters, and their different perspectives. And you can see this in data modeling, even with, there was some, something called a squishy GUI, a squishy which would allow you to basically rotate data and look at it from different directions and visualizations of data. And it's the same thing, really, when you think about how you might tell a story. And what does that mean? That, uh, that you know, an experience can be, um, that, that an event can be experienced from so many different sides, right? And which side you decide to display is the choice of a storyteller. Uh, but it means that you are, essentially cutting away the other experiences and VR kind of gives us some of that back right 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 it's kind of a little like Rashomon um, but you know not driven specifically by linear storytelling which is how Rashomon came to be but by me choosing whose story I want to go after Mm-hmm. You know, which, which, you know, I always loved the follow the storyline with improv because, you know, I did improv for so long and I loved the idea that who, who are we going to bring on stage now to take the story to the next place? Um, but now we're, we're using technology um, to, to allow, you know, multiple storylines to really, you know, be happening at any time. It's kind of a mind blow. <laughs> Right. And I think that's also something that's central to scene play. What I'm really trying to do is allow storytellers to scale their stories like we scale technology. Oh, okay. And so, um, you know, what that means is that you can make that script accessible by API. In fact, you can make derivations of that script, you know, depending on what the originator or the IP holder wants to do. You know, they need to be able to set those parameters. Uh, But... Uh, you can have basically an infinite number of versions of that smart script. And you can have uh, an infinite number of products being built on top of an infinite number of versions of that smart script. Like, that's amazing, right? And it's mind-boggling. Not just smart scripts, but elements in the smart scripts, like characters. Right. This, this has, and this has applications for all the different industries that sort of live off of content, content creation. Do you think storytellers, are storytellers getting what you talk about? Or is it too kind of, and I don't mean this is who you are, but is it too kind of nerdy and techie for them? Or do they, do they wrap their brain around it when you talk about it? Well, I haven't talked to uh, very many of them um, outside of, you know, sort of an immediate group of people. I mean, this is as much as I've talked about it publicly, really. Yeah. And, um, and what I would say is that some of them, and I think it's really interesting that you looked to, you brought up improv and your experience there because I think it's really valid, right? With improv, you're actually doing, you know, you're actually taking sort of what I would call diegetic core moments or, you know, subjects or themes and then playing them out with other people in this sort of give and take. I think storytellers really need to um, open up, uh, and some of them are really open to this because, of course, on YouTube and and other online forums, they're having a much closer relationship with their audience, right? Right, right. They're getting that feedback loop is super tight. Right, right. So, yeah. So, the question is, you know, how much they will allow that person to participate. You know, I think there's a lot of different approaches to it with scene play. We're putting the written word at the center, 
Uh, but, um, you know, there, it's going to affect everything, this kind of disintermediation. Again, my mind has been blown by Ann Greenberg, and we are going to be back in a few minutes with the Tech Cat and, and Ann to, to blow our minds some more and talk more about uh, other trends happening in the technology space that, that Ann is playing with. So we'll be back in a moment with some more mind-blowing stuff with the fabulous Ann Greenberg. <laughs> business you'll find the experts here voice america business network the key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology StoryTech, a boutique agency empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message engage your customers and raise the bottom line how do you track and exploit the trends how do you stay ahead of industry disruption and how do you maximize profit from content from strategy to execution the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hello, everybody. We're back with Ann Greenberg, and we were getting into some, you know, kind of nerdy discussions about storytelling and data and really breaking it all apart in unique ways um, with with Ann's uh, up-and-coming um, business called Team Play, which is not launched yet, but so many interesting things that will spill out of the future of storytelling and the virtualization of production. And Ann is someone that a lot of people come to for consulting and business advice in tech and in um, Hollywood, um, often moderating panels and, and speaking at events. And I'd love to hear from you. What do you think are some of the sort of hot tech trends bubbling up right now that are impacting our world? Um, and obviously, we've talked about VR and AR to a certain extent and that data piece. But what else do you think is going on out there that, that's really driving this crazy time for us? Well, I think that what's what's happened is that you have uh, not just the digital natives, people who have been um, born after, you know, the Internet became ubiquitous pretty much, um, but you also have, you know, uh, the people who have been in business over the last 20, 25 years um, really using computer, uh, computers and the Internet to uh, create all sorts of levels of efficiency across all industries, Right. 
And so we're kind of, in my opinion, going through a, another inflection point uh, where, uh, you know, people are talking a lot about the Internet of Things. And that means, you know, every single object can basically have, uh, uh, have a URL and can talk back and forth to um, any other object. Um, I don't like to call it Internet of Things. I like to call it Internet of Nouns, people, places, <laughs> and things, you know, yeah. and, and, uh, and the point-to-point communication between all of them. Uh, you know, it's, uh, so I, I think that we're actually going through um, this inflection point, and for me, um, probably the most exciting thing is the advent of the blockchain. Uh, which is the data infrastructure under Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And so um, without going too deep down into the hole there, uh, what happens is uh, you have kind of all of, you you see this in every single, you know, cultural and artistic movement. You have people, you know, who are, and creating things and creating and they're pushing the limits of of the underlying technology and and suddenly you have a big breakthrough because everybody's kind of taken it to to that degree and we see uh, you know GPUs and programmable gate arrays and optical computing coming on and the speed and the and the power of these systems is uh, mind-boggling to someone who when I started my first tech company we were paying a thousand dollars per gig for our drive you know uh, and uh, and so now we've got this inflection point Mark Andreessen says that the blockchain is really as important an advent as um, the advent of the internet itself and and I tend to agree with that uh, I think what um, what we really experienced over the last 20 years is uh, uh, the rise of connectivity and um, and and amplification. So social media marketing and social media itself and amplification is really kind of what the theme has been for the last 20 years. But now we're going to a next stage where it's not just about the hype, but it's also about the third act, what I call the third act, which is completing a sale. Completing, say it again, completing? Completing a sale. Completing a sale, okay. Yeah, so, um, you know, now you're going to be able not just to uh, uh, kind of raise the, the volume around uh, activity, but you're going to be able to actually transact directly in much more dynamic ways, in much more flattened ways. And I think that's, that's critical. Um, you, you keep making me, uh, my brain expand. <laughs> <laughs> to well, think of it like right you know so for what you know if we look at entertainment right um you just have uh more you know it's almost whack-a-mole with all the different kinds of wonderful experiences that you can you can find online right and the creativity everywhere that's coming up in a very grassroots way right so you know how do you capture that how do you or do you want to capture it right right like how do you capture that and how do you monetize that right like Right now, you've got millennials, the largest generation in history, who can, will not be sold to, right? Right, right. You know, they, they don't have to watch your advertisement. In fact, if you try to give them an advertisement, they're just going to open another browser window uh, or they're going to look away. They basically look away because they can. You know, they have more content than they can possibly consume. You know, what happens in an environment like that? Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, well, I think that, you know, people don't want to consume so much. They want to create. 
Right, right. Do you think, um, going back to blockchain, just because that's such another uh, fascinating area, um, do you think that that will become sort of a normal concept for people? Because, um, you know, when I talk about blockchain, people's eyes gloss over, um, you know, because it's yet another thing they have to wrap their heads about. Is it moving from this mysterious thing that is associated with Bitcoin and, and is it going to become more standard soon so that regular people understand what it is? Well, of course, it's like that with any emerging technology. I mean, I can tell you when I did the first position hosted chat with David Bowie that even David Bowie, you know, and this is early 90s about the product we did with him. Uh, you know, called up two days before this chat, which I've been working on organizing for months and said, where is the Odeon and why does it only seat 2,500 people? Like he didn't understand that he was not going to be going to a physical theater and sitting down and, you know, and interacting with people from the audience, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so like, oh, it's just an address online. It's just a series of numbers. It's an address. And, you know, you're typing back and forth with them. Um, so that gives you an idea of how far we've come. And so now the idea of a chat is just, you know, second nature. It doesn't have to be. And, you know, you don't really need to know the guts of that as a, if you're a consumer. Uh, but uh, what's the other thing that's so different, though, about the last 20 years, and this um, includes blockchain, is that, is that the technology and the power of the technology is so, is so distributed, Right. Right, so right, right. that's why I say, you know, anyone can be a creator in my system because, you know, who am I to determine who's a great creator? I'm not necessarily curating it, uh, but, um, you know, the people who want to be involved in this kind of system will want the ability to uh, scale their story in this kind of way. And, uh, and I think that there's a lot of economic reason to do that. Now, from my perspective... Um, I've been working on scene play from, you know, longer from before there was the blockchain, <laughs> okay? Uh, and so I described it using traditional databases uh, in a, a fairly complex way. But you know, now I look at it and I go, oh, you know, this was very protective that I have this incredible thing called blockchain technology and, crypt and uh, cryptographic uh, expertise out there so that we can actually create it in a much more elegant, uh, much more robust way. It's pretty, fun. it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, I, you know, your, your listeners are not alone in, in having, uh, you know, a large uh, sort of question mark and eyes glazing over because certainly for me, it's taken me a couple of years to dig into this and really understand it. Uh, only really recently have I even begun to really get it and, and to really understand why it's such a great way for me to express all the work that I've been doing. God, it's so it's so fascinating. I, I think I've said this before on uh, many shows here, but, you know, it's like you can't afford to go to sleep because there's a new announcement and a new thing that has sort of changed everything. Um, you know, do you, do you think that money will continue to flow into Silicon Valley, into New York, into um, Silicon Alley, any, into Silicon Beach like it is now? Do you think that that's going to stop soon? Um, or, or are we going to be continuing to, you know, fund these startups? 
Uh, I, I don't think money is going to um, stop flowing. Um, I think that, yeah, we're going through an A crunch right now. But what you're seeing um, is, you know, the virtualization of Silicon Valley itself, right? Like oh, the, yeah, that's just a great way to think about it. Right. I mean, the thing is, is that you have, uh, you know, uh, a whole generation that's gone by growing up in this in, in, in the tech industry as well as uh, working in it. And, um you know, they're not going to all sit there and, and try to fit into, uh, you know, onto Sand Hill Road. It's not <laughs> possible. And, uh, and uh, you know, what we're really looking at is the globalization of, of these communication structures and these distribution structures. I mean, you know, if you really want to get far out about it, uh, you know, if we haven't been far out enough yet in this conversation, um, uh, the blockchain is really about, you know, the breakdown of, uh, of national borders and, um, and uh, even nation states. I mean, it's pretty profound. Uh, so I think there's going, to be, um, there's going to be a lot of shakeouts, of course. Uh, but, you know, for someone like me, uh, who always, is <laughs> always a couple, you know, looking out on the, on the cutting edge, it's really, um, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, I always thought that I was on the cutting edge, but I, now I feel like I'm in a safe place, standing comfortably, and you're out there <laughs> flapping, <laughs> flapping in the in the in the tech in the tech wing. Do you yeah, have? I, yeah. I I think we talked about this. We went to a, a women in VR event together, and I, I I think I asked you this, but do you have any AI engines in your house right now? Do you have any Alexas, or have you been looking at and what's going on with AI? Um, I have been looking at AI, and I think, uh, and we're actually going to be incorporating certain amounts of AI in scene play, uh, specifically uh, in uh, like 2.0 when we get to even, you know, swarming the story with the crowd, which is a totally different thing than just virtualizing it with the crowd, right? Right, right. Um, uh, but, um, you know, uh, but the answer is yes. We're, uh, at least professionally, we're doing that. I do not have Alexa. I do not have any VR uh, uh, head-mounted displays in my home yet. I have the computers ready to take them, uh, but um, we haven't purchased anything like that yet. Um, but uh, obviously, I, I study it pretty carefully, and I've and I've used most of the systems um, and experienced quite a lot of it. Yeah, it's funny when you you talk about what you have at home because you know I'm always uh, getting rid of technology because. You know, you when you're doing what we do, you're always looking at things, and then it just seems like half of my house is filled with old tech. And when I say old, I mean six months ago. <laughs> even, and I'm afraid to throw things out because things have memories associated with them, you know, and they have meaning to me. You know, old cameras have meaning to me. You know, right, right. They they're intimate devices, and. Believe me, I'm sorry now that I actually got rid of multiple, you know, computer uh, configurations and, uh, because those were the ones. I wish I had kept a couple of them so I could run all my old stuff, you know. And I think that's really important for, um, uh, for people working, especially in AR and, and, and VR, uh, you know, just, you know, it, be, be cognizant about archiving what you're doing and uh, making it tech forward and future proof as you go. Uh, because otherwise you just think about, oh my gosh, I got this giant storage locker of wonderful stuff. I wish I could bring it all back. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Right. Um, we're going to take a quick break, Anne. Our last one, um, and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about you know the the women in tech conversation, which you know we should we should just talk a little bit about. But also, where are you going next, and and where do you keep up to date? What are you reading to to share with our audience? Uh, because you are uh, full full of so much wisdom. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show with the fabulous Anne Greenberg, continuously blowing our mind. <laughs> America Business Network, the bottom line in business. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Did you know where you bank really matters? Values-based banking is a growing, global, viable alternative to the current banking system. Find out how you can join, share, and participate in a positive money movement that is designed to put the power back in your pockets. Listen for Building Banking on Values with host Linda Ryan. Your money matters. There is a solution, and you can be a part of something greater. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's about a different kind of banking. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hello, and we are back with the fabulous Anne Greenberg, the immersive storyteller who has continuously been blowing my mind throughout today's conversation. So if you've heard (laughs) many explosions, um, it's Anne. And it's very deep and intense and slightly esoteric conversations about, you know, data, storytelling, you know, the virtualization of all of this. But it's also at the core of so many creative conversations. and, And I love thinking about it you know, on the B2B side, on the infrastructure side, because it's playing out so clearly, you know, on the consumer side. And I I was just reading about how, um, you know, there's a lot of chatter now about there'll be a lot of people walking around with backpacks because they're going to be powering their virtual goggles um, mobily instead of being tethered to their computers. And so we're going to really cool. I want yeah. that. <laughs> so we're going to be watching people walking around, you know, with, with computers on their back just to, to have access to all this content. So there, there's this, you know, deep in crazy geeky conversation. And then there's sort of this populist, uh, you know, um, 
discussion about it. So I'd love to know, where do you find out what's new and groovy? Because as we were saying, you're really far out there, um, you know, looking at what, what's next, but also building what's next. Uh, where, what feeds you? How do you keep up with, with what's going on and get inspired? Uh, I think that uh, mostly from my friends and associates, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm uh, friends with Robert Scoble, and I think he's an amazing um, uh, filter for uh, what's new and emerging, and he's just a wonderful thinker, and um, he's, he's uh, delighted with, you know, um, taking a look at all of this different technology. So he's an example for, uh, for, for example, somebody who um, is, uh, you know, out there and interviewing all of the people who are uh, doing really cutting-edge things. But I'm kind of like a beast. I'm constantly reading. I, uh, I just can't get enough of it. Um, and, you know, what happens for me is I go through those phases where I sort of get um, immersed in, um, in just taking in information. And then I go through build phases where I try to refine and articulate my ideas or um, uh, file patents um, uh, or build. And, you know, I guess I'm the most excited right now because um, now we're starting to build and it has been a really long journey. So in terms of um, looking at uh, where to get information, I mean, gosh, I mean, it's just from from everywhere. I mean, I'm looking at um, all the tech uh, magazines. I mean, I'll give you a, a, a two places that touch on some of the stuff that we've been talking about. Two, two things I was looking at today, actually, before we got on. Um, ZDNet just published their technologies to watch for the next generation uh, in enterprise. And if you um, look, there's a, a, a today on ZDNet.com, your listeners can go look at sort of a, um, uh, a graph of all different kinds of technology and sort of what state they're in. I think that's really helpful. Um, and um, also for blockchain stuff, obviously, uh, Coindesk is a great resource, and they just published today their state of blockchain for Q1 2016, and that's a great kind of overview. It's going to be a little bit intense for people trying to just get uh, into blockchain, but I would also recommend, um, uh, in a more general sense, Blockchain Revolution by um, Don and Alex Tapscott, which uh, uh, which um, gives a really good overview. It's a very rosy overview. <laughs> but blockchain is um, is you know at a moment where it's time to grow up. You know, yeah. it's like uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. Uh, it's really the wild west, right? Uh, and so, um, you know, as uh, larger industries are taking a look at this, I mean, they have to because it, it, it's such a democratizing kind of uh, paradigm that, you know, it, I would like to see, I would like to see it stay open and not get dominated by entrenched powers too much to begin with. Um, but, uh, you know, even for someone like me who wants to build, there's this tension between something being, you know, emerging and something being a little bit more standardized, right? Right, 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 right. And, right. and so you kind of have to time things properly, but no reason not to educate yourself now. What about, what? are there any conferences that you make sure you absolutely go to, um, you know, you don't want to miss them? Yeah, um, actually, um, thanks for, for bringing that up. I also think uh, Sundance New Frontiers has a fabulous job of, uh, you know, of curating wonderful pieces of work. And I've been um, following them for many years now. And, uh, uh, you know, except for not being able to get to everything I wanted this year at Sundance, um, you know, 
it was it was it was really a watershed. It was so fun, you know. Um, and so I would say um, Sundance. Uh, I go to CES every year. Uh, NAB. I spoken at I haven't gone to that more recently but that's just um, from some conflicts um, and um, obviously in uh, in the Bay Area you know there's a conference every day uh, for tech uh, you know it's it's I, I might as well just say this right now there's there's always been this sort of rivalry between northern and southern California and my entire career has been spent kind of going between the two uh, and um, I think that uh, just like Silicon Valley is uh, is is virtualizing, yeah, right. And so, um, you know, I think in Silicon Valley, my experience, and I lived in the Bay Area for uh, 16 years, is a fair amount of condescension toward Los Angeles. So true. So true. Guys, you know, you can call labels as stupid as you want for as long as you want, but. You know, they're the ones who anticipated rippers in the end of the 70s when they were ratifying the CD specification, and they did some things to try to thwart that. So they were already thinking about it. Not stupid. Not stupid. Turf war, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, uh, but, um, yeah, so I think I... I I, I go. It, it, it's a little much to track because now I've added in blockchain <laughs> conferences. Right, so you have too. another because you could go to a conference just on that one topic, and it could be three days. Right. You know, so, v- so I would say VR. You know, I um, I helped build a company that was called Tourist and rebranded to Sphere about five years ago, and that was a shoot and share app uh, for um, immersive panorama. And we had 300,000 geolocated immersive panoramas by the time the CEO lost control of that company and went inside Google. Uh, but, um, you know, it's so I'm tracking AR, VR, uh, blockchain and uh, and um, storytelling. Um, but it's so fun. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I really wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So. And where can we where can we read anything that you're writing or follow follow anything that you're publishing? Uh, what's your you know your different social media feeds that we can follow? Um, so you can follow me at sceneplay.com, s c e n e p l a y, uh, and uh, annegreenberg.com, a n n g r e e n b e r g dot com. Um, my site is down right now, but it's going to be going up again, and I'll uh, repost my blog. Uh, and um, I guess we're probably out of time to talk about women in technology, um, but I just like everybody to know. Um, Women in technology are as varied as men in technology. We're not greater collaborators. We're not, you know, more apt to, you know, do this or that. There are just as many aggressive women and just as many passive women as there are men and <laughs> men, you know. And so I, I, I'm throwing that in there just because um, I really think, uh, you know, we're living through this democratization and we really don't need to worry about these large divisions between people anymore you know yep yep great it's a, uh, a great point um and you and you certainly are someone who has been you know sort of a, a leader for other women in tech um just to, to kind of prove your point um so um and you know i have known each other for a long time but we've never really had a chance to talk so this has just been such a great pleasure and like i said i'm gonna have to clean up around my computer and screen because my mind has been blown so many times <laughs> 
<laughs> so it has been my great pleasure to talk to Anne Greberg, the immersive storyteller here on the Tech Cat Show. Please check out all of her uh, different places where you can find her. And we'll be back next week with another thought leader. And hopefully um, my brain will be healed by then. Thank you so much, Anne. And come back again and talk to us on the Tech Cat Show. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management.